Santa baby, just let the sable tree for me. Been an awful good girl, Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa baby, in outer space convertible to light blue. I'll wait up for you, dear. Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. Hello, hello. How are you? I am good. How are you, my lady? I am good. I am good. I'm so annoyed that I have to sit up, otherwise no one will actually see my outfit. Hello to our audience. <laughs> now. Oh, wow. We're starting off strong. Now, I guess we better introduce ourselves for our Christmas special. Um, my yes. name's Sandra. Welcome to my mixtape. I'm tired. And you are? Bozan, gender bent, Shane Madage. And this is capitalism. Capitalism. Thanks. Thanks. I, I hate it. And welcome to the Christmas special. Wow. But like, Hosan, since it's the Christmas special, I think we need a little like pick me up. Like, I need the soundtrack of 2020 to play. So, yeah, Hosan, something to really get us into the Christmas spirit, you know. So, can you please? Just show the audience what we think of 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to tell you this is 2020. Summarize instead of view lyrics. present that's what we present for our ted talk thanks for coming to our ted talk um so i think we better start off with our random normal sequence of events so hosan what have i missed well you haven't missed much um um because as we know we are in lockdown so there's Actually, it doesn't even matter if we're in lockdown. I don't do anything anyway. But, however, there is one big thing, and it is that I am finally going to finish The Mandalorian. And I've heard that the series finale is something behold. Have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. I am currently... On the episode where they go to this place to get a mentor for Baby Yoda. And that's all I can say without spoiling, I think. 
Yeah. You know? Um, I've heard that a certain person is in the last episode and I kind of know who it is because it accidentally got spoiled for me. But I'm still really excited to watch the last bit. So, and yeah. I'm also going to finish watching Supernatural finale because I'm emotionally ready after you're, three weeks. You're emotionally ready. It's okay. It's okay. You're ready for it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What are you... Uh, what have I missed? You haven't missed much. I literally, I just went out um, a few days ago. I had a really fun time. Nice. You I know, bet you just... did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nice. You know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> like, it's just cool. Um... Yeah, and then I finished work and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all you missed. You haven't missed much. You really haven't missed much. Um, I was just going to say, what about you? And I was like, no, that's not. <laughs> so uh, it's time for, since we don't have much going on, I think the only thing that's really happened is that I've decided, the only thing that's really happened is that I decided <laughs> to make um, a cheesecake for my birthday. That That's all. I don't think there's, Anything else? Oreo cheesecake, mind you. Lactose free. Piece de resistance. Immaculate. Immaculate. Immaculate minds. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. I think that's all you've missed. So I think it's time we head into our wonderful forgotten figures. So, yes. what have you brought for me today? I, now, I was thinking of doing something Christmas themed, but then I was like, I don't care. So, <laughs> wait, before you start, can I just say, Hosan, can we replay the conversation we had? I literally texted Hosan a few days ago and I was like, Hosan, so for the podcast, are we doing Hamlet? And Hosan had to turn it to me. Hosan, what did you have to say to me? Um, oh god, I actually don't remember. <laughs> Basically, Hosan had to turn to me and say, Sandra, we have to do a Christmas special. Oh, yeah. I was kind of confused. She's like, let's do Hamlet. And I'm like, Christmas? <laughs> Christmas? Now, keep in mind, Hosan doesn't celebrate Christmas. Like, it's not even her religion. And she had to turn to me and say, Sandra, you need to do a Christmas episode. <laughs> And if that doesn't show about my a lot of stuff about my character, I don't know what does. But anyways, let's head into Forgotten Figures. You don't care about Christmas theme in, in this term. And I respect that because Forgotten Figures are for eternity. So let's yeah. go. So the lovely person we have this week is Miss Mary Jane Grant Seacole. Okay. Who was she? She was a British Jamaican nurse, healer, and businesswoman who set up the British Hotel behind the lines of the Crimean War. Ooh. Um, a lot of people confuse her for Florence Nightingale. Oh. Um, because we all know Flor uh, Lady of the Lamp, the huge poster child for the Crimean War. Yeah. And yeah, she did. Yes, we all know she invented the pie chart and started bringing the importance of hygiene into hospitals or whatever. Nobody cares about you, Florence. I like how you said that because it was just obvious that you didn't care. You were like, yeah, I know she did this. 
<laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't like it when people say that the credit of the Crimean War belongs only to Florence. Yeah, no, it's Shut a it, bit. It's a bit. We no. don't care. Yeah. So, <laughs> basically, um, Florence, uh, not Flo fuck off. I mean, <laughs> Mary. Mary. We are so giddy today. I am so sorry. Go on, Mary. Um, Mary Seacole. She learned her skills in Jamaica, where her mother used to nurse the sick. Mm -hmm. And she learned things like if you're coughing, have a drink. Mm -hmm. If your diet's poor, you should change it up. You know, simple things that people didn't put together. Yeah. Um, if it's cholera, rehydration is the best cure for that. Mm -hmm. If it's fever, take some rest. Mm -hmm. um, and another reason why I hate Miss Lampy Knickers is when the Crimean War broke out, she applied for Florence's crew. But Florence was like, nah, we don't like that. <gasps> and do you know why the she shock. was turned down? Go on. The color of her skin. I knew it. I, I flippin' knew it. I am so against this. Oh my god. Why? Exactly. Why? Okay, that's we the next going to be in the video. She didn't take... <laughs> Yeah. We stand Mary because she didn't take no for an answer. She was like, fine, I don't need you. Yeah. And she went to her dear friend, Thomas Day, for help. And she decided that he, she was going to become a pioneer. Yeah. And her carpenters uh, helped design a hotel at the new frontier of the Crimean War. Mm -hmm. And set up on the front line in 1855. Um, her boarding house became like, it was open to all people. Mm -hmm. She didn't care whether you had the finances to pay for it or not. Yeah. She just wanted to help you go back to your family. She used to, like, help people right on the battlefield. Not to self, tell me. My lecture, Thank Florence you. Nightingale, yes. was racist. Uh, if you don't know that, that's Neve. Neve is studying to be a nurse, so she, well, this Three lecture people is who are get... overrated, in my opinion are Gandhi, who was a pedophile. Yep. Mother Teresa, who was racist. Didn't know and that. Florence Nightingale, also racist. So I yep. will not stand for any slander of Mary Seacole. Agreed. But anyway, he, um, she didn't have much, obviously, because she was poor. And we all know the conditions for black people at that time were not great. Exactly. That, which is an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> So her hotel, the British Hotel, was made from bits of old wood and just anything they could find, really. Yeah. And she supplied the troops with kilts and clothes she would make herself. She served both the rich and the poor. While, and she nursed, again, like I said, she nursed right on the battlefield while Florence worked far away. She didn't want to see the battlefield. It's so weird because it feels <clears throat> like Florence was very weirdly glorified. In yeah, the nurses respect like every nurse I've heard from. It's been like she was the mother of, of nursing. She brought so much like new ideas and stuff, and I'm like, cool, cool. Yeah. But I thought to myself, she's rich. How can she be so nice when she was rich in that time? It never really makes exactly. Sense and that's the thing. That's why Mary was forgotten because, um, after the war ended, Florence was rich and could afford to continue her 
what was now a business yeah. while uh, Mary didn't have two dimes to rub, rub together yeah. so um, she was a fierce lady obviously so she was like I don't care and she wrote a book and when people read this book they realized how much people owed their lives to her and she used the funds that was raised from that to build another not another but like a better hotel and she continued her work and she didn't care whether she got fame or not she just cared that people were coming into her and leaving with their lives so that's why i think lampy knickers for Nightingale should be screwed up in a little ball and thrown over and we should make a statue of mary fair enough i'm not gonna put my input on that because i am a white person and i think what you've said is valid enough and i don't need to add to it so, thank you so much for bringing a nurse um, to the podcast. We stan all medical professionals and just uh, as a medical, prof- as a healthcare professional to all the other ones, thank you to everyone who has been making yes. this pandemic less annoying <laughs> by actually helping. Yeah. So, I hate to say it. I know we said Baby Got Books was, you know extinct for a but <laughs> cancelled um Hosan, you got books i'm getting books for my birthday so would you like to show the people the book you have gotten or the books you have gotten because actually yes. here's the thing i put a poll up and basically you voted for her to get the matthew gray googler book but then Hosan went to her second hand shop and it was almost like it was fate what happened. So I'll yeah, let Hosan tell you what beautiful. happened. <laughs> and in a way, I am thankful for Sandra for putting up that uh, poll because I know that if I was left up to my own devices, this probably would not have turned out as great. So, as you know, she put the poll and the number one book everyone recommended me to get was this one. <laughs> Rumble Buttercup by Matthew Gray Googler and in case you don't know who he is he's 40 and he's a child at heart and <laughs> I really admire it <laughs> and the reason I want to get this book is because um, I don't have a lot of books that actually show you that it's okay to be childish it's okay to feel certain things and kind of motivating books. And I decided, you know what, it's time I got one because your girl does not want to be stuck in a depressive spiral for her whole life. Yeah. So that's why I decided to get this. Yeah. And I'm hoping by it, I can learn more about myself and maybe discover who I really am. Yeah. And so the other books I was stuck on was completing my Dan Brown collection or starting my Stephen King collection. And as luck would have it, when I went with my mom, to her favorite shop, I found the book I was missing for my Don Brown collection. So I, I mean, thankful to Sandra, the universe, the stars, the guardian <laughs> angels above. Like, mm, oh my God, I have yeah. a story to tell you. Yes. This is this is weird. Brace yourself. So I went out. Um, when was it? I went out like, uh, what is it, three days ago? Three days ago, whatever. Um, but I was with someone and, um, yeah, of course, obviously. Um, and <laughs> there was a butterfly in the room that we were in for a while. And we, I was like, 
butterflies aren't butterflies like a good sign like they're a sign of someone departed or something because i rem remembered like cristiano ronaldo uh got butterflies on his face that one world cup and people said that it was like his father's soul because the stadium was literally the same name as his dad but anyways yeah. there was this butterfly there and i'm pretty sure it's called a monarch butterfly you know the ones that are like black and orange those butterflies yeah. um so i was like who who the heck would be here or whatever um, but let you do, let me just show you what's on my wall, cause I drew a butterfly a long time ago. This is years ago. I drew a butterfly. So I just I just show you like well, this this would be strange, right, for me to draw a butterfly that's similar, right, like a black and orange butterfly. <laughs> Too weird, right? So. Too weird. Um, so yeah, that happened, so very strange, very strange that a butterfly would um be in that room and happen to be a similar butterfly to what I draw, drew, you know, just a very strange occurrence in my opinion, but what do I know? What do I know about fate and destiny and signs? What do, what do I know, you know? You know what I like to say about coincidences? That the universe is rarely so lazy. Yeah. And that's all we're going to say on the matter. That's all. <laughs> but now, um, I'm actually going to tell you the book that I got. Um, the book that I got is actually Sawbones by the podcast Sawbones, a marital, marital, marital tour of misguided medicine. And basically, mm. it's a book that has, like, drawings in it, and it has, like, the history of medicine of like very nice. common, yeah so i think even after i read it i might loan it out to you but because it's very it's very good i'm very excited and it's a whole family thing because basically the two who wrote it are married it's sydney mcelroy uh dr sydney mcelroy i should say and her husband um not travis justin mcelroy who is a podcaster and the person who drew it is taylor mcelroy mcelroy Taylor Smurl, <laughs> who is um, Sydney's sister. So it's a family uh, business thing. Like, it's a whole family affair. So I'm glad I supported a family, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, 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 um, I guess what we have to go to now in our podcast is <gasps> the big discussion. So, Hosan, tell the people, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about something so lighthearted, you wouldn't even recognize it's the same podcast. Re re recognize it's the same podcast. Yeah, like, we, we are usually down in the dumps, getting all the... gory. Yeah, I was just going to say, all that gory, horrific, <laughs> true crime novel stuff. So this is very different for us, so excuse us so if we it's too hot. are doing the history, history of, of Christmas, Christmas. Because... <laughs> because it wouldn't be us without a little bit of history, now would it? Yeah. So, I'm very excited. Hosanna, would you like to get us started? Yeah. So, what is Christmas? Christmas, or Mass on Christ's Day, is a Christian-known festival celebrating the birth of Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
And the earlier term, Yule, may have been derived from the Germanic Yol or the Anglo-Saxon Yol. I hope I pronounced that right. I really hope you did because it sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Which refers to the feast of the uh, winter solstice, um, oh. which we all know is a pagan festival. Oh, what and was it called? Can, can I tell you something? Do you know what Christmas yeah. is in uh, Portuguese? No. It's Natal. And what does Natal remind oh. you of? Like post-natal. Like natal is birth. birth. Yeah. So, it's clever. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. That's interesting because um, if my Italian's not wrong, Natal is also... Uh, Italian for Christmas. I think so too. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love having a Latin based language. It's so nice. Yeah, I have to say that's one of the reasons I admire Portuguese so much because it helps you remember the Latin, which I think is, should not be a dead language. Everyone should know Latin. That's what I mean. Um, Eve just said Merry Crisis. And I was like, now is not the time, considering we're trying to be positive on the pod. But thank you. Mary Chrysler. Mary Chrysler. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of Joanna Cedia. And I'm so glad she's back on YouTube. I got to binge watch some stuff from her. Oh, oh. What was I going to say? Okay. You've started us so, off very well. Would you like to continue? Or? Um, no, you can go on for a bit. So. You said Yule. Uh, it says here, um, according to history.com, very reliable resource, I'll have you know. Um, <laughs> in Scandinavia, the Norse uh, created Yule from uh, December 21st. Today, the winter solstice. Woo! We're it's, I'm so glad we postponed just for this moment. <laughs> through to January. In recognition of the return of the sun, fathers and sons would bring home large logs which they would set on fire the people would feast until the log burned out which would take as many as 12 days the norse believed that each spark from the fire represented a new pig or calf that would be born during the coming year hmm. yeah very intriguing very good so you can definitely see how christmas has I don't mean to sound negative, but you can definitely see how Christmas has varied from what the actual way people... It was a lot more ritualistic in the past. No, no, you could say it. Capitalism ruined it. You can say it. Don't worry <laughs> about it. You can say it. <laughs> yeah, I have to say that is one of the main reasons why I'm not a fan of Christmas. Because I see how depressed people get when... They have to think, oh, I have to buy gifts and I have to look a certain way and all that. And I'm like, is it not just about being sappy with your family? Actually, I should tell you that. Um, Christmas is very different for me and my parents. My parents, when they right. were younger, they were less, um, they had less money than now they do. You know what I mean? It was different mm -hmm. times, different country and stuff. And actually, why my parents would love Christmas is that they would get, like, a packet of biscuits as their Christmas present. So they would have, like, basically sweets to themselves. And also, I think um, some people would uh, give them, uh, like, a tangerine or a little orange yeah. as well to themselves. So it was like a little 
self-holiday almost and also they went to mass yeah. with their family and then once you grew up and stuff you would leave your shoes out for santa to fill them with like stocking stuff and with uh like you know money or other stuff that could go into stocking yeah so now we splurge a bit more right but i think my family has a very anti-capitalist idea on christmas that's good of it. yeah 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 but i agree with you i think Christmas used to be very more family oriented and now it feels more like your children will only grow up happy and content if you buy them this Christmas toy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's why people love Christmas movies so much because they don't realize it. Oh God, I'm going to sound so sentimental. Hi, um, but... <laughs> yeah, go on. But I think that's the reason why they love them so much because they realize we're not actually doing that. We're not doing like those people are in the movies. We're not together all the time on yeah. Christmas, actually bonding and realizing uh, how connected we are, yeah. you know? Yeah. We're too busy trying to find the best presents and outdo each other with our lights. And True. I don't. I don't know what people do on Christmas, <laughs> you know? Actually, yeah. Um, for my family, it's very homey. Like, we... Uh, in Portugal, it's very important that you celebrate New Year's Eve more. So we usually have like uh, boiled codfish and veggies. And then uh, you eat the traditional desserts like habanadas, which are basically like French toast. But they get mm -hmm. like a white wine, uh, they get a red wine reduction sauce or some kind of sauce sometimes on top. But it's basically like French toast, but also dipped in cinnamon sugar. So you can imagine like very sweet then we have latria which you've also tried which is basically like spaghetti that's very sweet and congealed <laughs> which is kind of interesting it doesn't sound very appetizing but it is and then there's formigos which is like a bread uh a bread pudding uh made with nuts and honey and yeah. sugar so just very sweet homey stuff and then on christmas day we eat like a roast dinner usually uh some kind of meat um and then you know you give out presents and it's very simple but I think that if you see how my neighborhood decorates and where I um, <laughs> and how my family decorates, you see the difference in upbringings because everyone else seems to be trying to outdo each other with Christmas lights, even if that isn't fully true. So Neve is really bringing in the depression uh, setting and theme of Christmas because I just see her comment on it. Can you talk about how there's a literal Christmas movie where Santa falls off a roof and dies and where the other guy who finds him replaces him? And we, as small children, uh, said, yes, that makes sense. Let's go on. <laughs> yeah, I always remember suspending my disbelief at that movie. And I don't care because Santa still gave presents <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, the the Christmas movie that um, I just accepted. And can I just say, I was 15 when I realized I should probably not believe this. Yeah. But <laughs> Rise of the Guardians. Rise of I refused to accept it wasn't real. Oh, honey. Oh. I that really, really that, that warms my heart. <laughs> that does. The Easter Bunny, Santa. And the Tooth Fairy, Jack Frost, and the Sandman were all like besties. Honestly, I that really, I really did love that movie. So yeah, it's one of my favorites. I have to say, it's immaculate. Yeah, 
But let's move on back to the history of Christmas, I guess. Would you like to give me another yes. Christmas fact, or shall I? Uh, yeah. So, the precise origin of uh, assigning December 25th as the birthday of Jesus is actually unclear, because from what I read in historical art, um Oh, yeah, documents, I think I have some info on that, but go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, um... Uh, basically, the New Testament also doesn't provide any clues in this regard, and mm -hmm. December 25th was known to be first identified as the date of his birth mm -hmm. by Sextus Julius Africanus in 221 AD, I think, mm -hmm. and later it just became the universally accepted date, and um, I do believe from what I've read, Jesus was actually born somewhere in July. Yeah, I'll tell you what I actually have on history.com. Um, <laughs> the things that they say is that in early years of Christianity, Easter was the main holiday. The birth of Jesus was not celebrated. And then in the fourth century um, AD, um, church officials decided to institute the birth of Jesus as a holiday. So probably to get more power, to get more people to go yeah. to mass and stuff, I'd assume. So, but that's just an assumption. Unfortunately, the Bible does not mention the the date of the birth and a fact puritans later pointed out in order to deny the legitimacy of the celebration so that's why puritans were against christmas itself although some evidence suggests that his birth may have occurred in the spring because why would shepherds be herding in the middle of winter um yeah yeah this is like historical evidence like that is like yeah um well it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to be doing the things they were yeah they say that Pope Julius I chose December 25th, and it is commonly believed that the church chose this date. Um, they chose this date in an effort to absorb and uh, to adopt and absorb the traditions of the pagan Saturnalia festival. Um, it was first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go ahead. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was just going to expand on that because from what yeah. I'm reading, they kind of say the same thing. They said mm -hmm. one, one big thought, uh, widespread widespread explanation of yeah. why this date was chosen was the Christian Christian Christianis Christianization <laughs> of <laughs> of the Die Solis Invicti Nati, which is Latin, I believe, for Day of the Birth of the Unconquered Sun, mm -hmm. which was a popular Roman um, uh, Roman holiday mm -hmm. so that celebrated the winter solstice as a symbol of the resurgence of the sun the casting away of winter mm -hmm. and the rebirth of spring and summer so i think that's basically what you were saying as well i guess so i guess that's why yeah. they did that so would you would you like me to go more into what saturnalia was and why yeah. they chose to adopt it so in rome where winters were not as harsh as in the far north saturnalia um was a holiday in honor in honor of saturn the god of agriculture and that's what was celebrated uh beginning in the week leading up to the winter solstice and continuing for a full month saturnalia was a hedonistic time when food and drink were plentiful and the normal roman social order was turned upside down for a month slaves would become masters peasants were in command of the city business and schools were closed so that everyone could join in the fun also, around the time of the winter solstice, Romans observed Juvernalia, a feast honouring the children of Rome. In addition, members of the upper classes often celebrated the birthday of Mithra, the god of unconquerable sun, on December 25th. 
so that's possibly why they chose it. And it was believed that Mithra, an infant god, was born on a rock. For some Romans, Mithra's birthday was the most sacred day of the year. So that's yeah. probably why they chose 25th, because an infant yeah. god was already born on that day. So why not steal it from the pagans under their feet, <laughs> wipe the history, Yeet. and just go, Christmas. Yeah. Also, I've heard a second um, view on that. I heard that um, uh, it suggests that the 25th of December became the day of his birth because uh, that day was also, uh, basically, uh, you know, the spring equinox is yeah. thought to be the date of the creation of the world at the fourth day of creation yes. when light was created as the day of Jesus's conception, um, i.e. March 25th. Mm-hmm. Um, if you calculate nine months later it, it comes up to uh, December 25th so people believe that would make 25th of December definitely his birthday Yes, and that was mainly that's the reason because then Jesus had his baptism on January 6th yes. so people are like if you add up to those dates it makes sense that his birthday would be 25th of I'm, December I'm not going to say anything but Jesus was baptized two days before my birthday so you want to be superior, but that's just a fact. Um, <laughs> actually, do you know who I share a birthday with? Completely unrelated, but do you know who? A famous pop star uh, who is male gives off star energy. I have two that I think could be. Okay. Both begin with H. But go no, ahead. No, it's not them. It's not Harry Styles or... No, it's actually David Bowie. Nice. I know, right? Ziggy Stardust himself. (laughs) But anyways, I should say what holding Christmas at the time, same time meant for the churches. So uh, by holding Christmas at the same time as the traditional winter solstice festivals, church leaders increased the chance that Christmas would be popularly embraced but also gave up the ability to dictate how it was celebrated. So by the Middle Ages, Christianity had for the most part replaced pagan religion. Uh, On Christmas, believers attended church, then celebrated ravenously in a drunken carnival atmosphere, similar to today's Mardi Gras, which I don't think we celebrate. (laughs) I've never celebrated Mardi Gras. Uh, Each year, a beggar or student would be crowned the Lord of Misrule, Oh my god! An eager celebrant <laughs> played the part of a subject. Hosan, I could see you as the Lord of Misrule. And I, I mean that completely as a compliment. That. I just, I could see it. The poor would <laughs> I'm go... I'm honoured. <laughs> the poor would go to the houses of the rich and demand their best food and drink. If owners failed to comply, their visitors would more than likely terrorise them with mischief. Uh, Christmas became the time of year when the upper classes could repay their real or imagined debt to society by entertaining less fortunate citizens. So this is giving me very much like a, a Halloween vibe, mm-hmm. isn't it? Isn't it giving you kind yeah. of like, we want stuff. If you do not give it to us, we will trash the place. Yeah, Trick or treat, everyone does that vibe, no matter what holiday it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, so give me more facts, Hosan. Do you have any more facts for me? Um, I have some facts about the Christmas tree, which Ooh. is a huge part of Christmas. Yes, yes. So, um, there's 
a lot of legends that exist around the origin of the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. One is that Saint Boniface, an English monk who organized Christian church in France and Germany, that he traveled and he found a group of pagans were gathered around an oak tree mm-hmm. and were about to sacrifice a child to the Norse god Thor. And to stop the sacrifice and cha- save the child's life, Boniface uh, felled the tree with one mighty blow of his fist and in its place grew a small fir tree and the saint told the pagan worshippers that the tiny fir tree was the tree of life and that there stood the eternal life of Christ. Oh man. Um, Why do they have to make it all religious? Like I don't I just don't understand. I'm sorry. Yeah, like there's another one about Martin Luther, a founder of the Protestant church, and it's kind of similar to that where he saw so many beautiful stars glimmering through the branches of evergreen tree that he took one home and showed it to his family and recreated all the stars that and similar beauty that he saw by putting candles on the tree and decorating it and that's why people decorate trees Mm. but i think the one i like the best Mm. is probably um the legend of the poor woodsman who Mm. met a lost and hungry child on christmas eve he was very poor himself, so he gave the ch- even though he was very poor himself, he gave the child food and shelter for the night. And the next morning, oh, I'm just after reading this. It's it's still okay. Um, <laughs> <the> next- okay, <laughs> go ahead. Um, the the next morning, he woke up to find a beautiful glimmering tree outside his door, and turns out the hungry child was really Jesus Christ in disguise. And he created the tree to reward the man for his charity. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's loads and they all involve Christ in some way. I'm not bad-mouthing the Christian church. Me neither, but it's just, as a Catholic, I'm just like, come on. Let us just leave. Give us some variety. You know? Give us a break. I'm going to have some chocolate right now. I really you said know, I'm going to yeah, I would have to agree with you there. Most ancient societies were really like, you see this child? I'm a dropkick it on its face. Wait, what? <laughs> I missed that completely. <laughs> no, news is after saying they really said, I'm a dropkick the child, you know, when they were sacrificing it to Thor. But yeah, children were always viewed as something innocent and not yet tainted. So instead of nurturing them and making them into great, powerful beings, they were like, Yeet that life. I was gonna say, do you wanna share with the people now that we're talking about children? What tick what how you shared a TikTok with me? Would you like to elaborate on, on So that? I sent Sandra an amazing TikTok um uh that I don't remember exactly what it's about because not to lie, I sent Sandra 50 TikToks. So I know it was about children right. to some extent. It was like how children say the wackiest things and it's just annoying or something. Yeah, exactly. Someone was basically complaining about children and I was like, I get you, my dude. They were just talking about how like, you know when you're putting shoes on kids? Oh yeah, they were like, like, yeah, I want to have kids, but it's it's hard as hell to to put on shoes on them and then someone in the tweet below that was like yeah and they just squirm around instead of let helping you and Hassan was like cancel babies (laughs) and I was like no they're cute and what did you say in response do you remember and I said something that is so nice of me to say that I would never 
cancel Sandra's babies. I'll cancel every other child. Get wrecked. And first of all, my heart was warmed, but also, bruh, no chill. <laughs> Absolutely no chill. Like, what the heck? Oh, this I completely didn't I like... see the other comments. Oh my god. They're, uh, Laika just joined, I think, a while ago, so hello. <laughs> um, speaking of which, Laika, oh. your birthday is on Christmas. Dear, um, we will be saying happy birthday to you but maybe we can do a little zoom call maybe we can do a little i don't know gathering of some sort this would be fun be i don't fun. know maybe something maybe a little something um so i understand now why i didn't see the comments because i just didn't scroll it was not fun not great of me um so now people do you just want to know when christmas was cancelled yes we do Okay, so in the early 17th century, a wave of religious reform changed the way Christmas was celebrated in Europe. When Oliver Cromwell, boo, boo, sorry, I have to say that because of where we live, he terrorized a lot of people back then, so he sucked. He sucked. Uh, when Oliver Cromwell, boo, and his Puritan forces took over England in 1645, they vowed to rid England of decadence and, as part of their effort, cancelled Christmas. By popular demand, Charles II was restored to the throne and with him came the return of the popular holiday. So, I find it weird that someone just was like, oh, I'm going to cancel Christmas. This will be. Um, but to counteract that, do you want to know what happened on Christmas Eve? Um, during World War Two, do you know about this? Mm, this is a moment I love about humanity. Please tell the story. Okay, okay. Uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, this is known as the Christmas truce. So, the Christmas truce was a series of widespread unofficial ceasefires along the Western Front of the First World War around Christmas 1914. The truce occurred only five months into the war. So let me explain more what this means. Basically, this was World War One. People were power hungry. They were like, I'm going to fight. But on Christmas, they chose not to. They chose, no, I don't want to do this. So basically, according to wikipedia.com, don't use this in any Christmas essay, people. <laughs> uh, hostilities had lulled as leadership on both sides reconsidered their strategies following the stalemate of the race to the sea and the indecisive result of the first battle of Ypres. In the week leading up to 25th of December, French, German and British shoulder soldiers crossed trenches to exchange seasonal greetings and talk. In some areas, men from both sides ventured into no man's land on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to mingle and exchange food and souvenirs. There was, uh, there was joint burial ceremonies and prisoner swaps, while several meetings ended in, in carol singing. Men's, men played games of football with one another, creating one of the most memorable images of the truce. Hostilities continued in some sectors, while in others the sides settled on little more than arrangements to recover bodies. The following year, a few units arranged ceasefires, but the truces were not as nearly widespread as in 1914. This was in part due to strongly worded orders from high commands of both sides prohibiting truces. The soldiers were no longer amenable to truce by 1916. 
The war had become increasingly bitter after human losses suffered during the battles of uh, 1950. So the choices were actually not unique to the Christmas period, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and reflected a, mo- a mood of live and let live, where infantry close together would stop overtly aggressive behavior and often engage in small-scale fraternization, engaging in conversation or bartering for cigarettes. I think it's kind of funny how it really shows the human spirit of how people depend on each other. Like, mm-hmm. it's very equal to the pandemic currently because, like, case in point, me and Hosan started a podcast to, like, have fun. Well, I started a podcast with my great friend Dara, but then because of a bunch of stuff, it just didn't work out. Uh, love them, though. Um, but me and Hosan started doing it, and we do it consecutively, and every single time we're excited, not because of the themes, but more because we actually see each other. <laughs> And we actually yeah. feel normal for a bit. So Yeah, I would say really this podcast is just me and Sandra expressing our friendship through a podcast. Exactly. I agree. Just talking about things we like. I agree. And so- I would say that's that's why I hate the thought of war. Why I despise guns so much and you will never see me carrying a gun. Yeah. Because the sad thing is, when the Allied soldiers in World War II um, finally raided like the trenches and the offices of the Nazis, they didn't find grown men fighting. They found young women and children in their place, 13-year-old boys holding guns that are hardly bigger than them. Because even on the Allies' side, it was difficult to find soldiers. They were letting women and children in, seniors. People who were 86 were lying and saying, oh yeah, no, I'm fit as a fiddle. And people were looking the other way because they needed to fight a war. And that's why I think war is such a despicable thing. Because it it shows the horror that humanity brings, you know? So that's why I'm kind of happy that that story happened and why it's one of the most vital points of humanity because it shows that not everyone wanted to fight in the war. Everyone just did it because they thought they were fighting for a noble cause, both sides. Yeah. I like how I turned into the Christmas spirit and really said, let's bring war into this. Um, (laughs) So to counteract that a little... Should I tell you why do we kiss under the mistletoe? Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like, sure, whatever. (laughs) Cares. But anyways, uh, kissing under sprigs of mistletoe is a well-known holiday tradition. But this little plant's history as a symbolic herb dates back thousands of years. (laughs) Many uh, ancient cultures prize mistletoe for its healing properties. The Greeks would were known to use it as cure for everything from menstrual crops to spleen disorders. And the Roman naturalist Pliny the Elder, he's very famous for enigmatical advances. Uh, Pliny the Elder noted it could be used as a bomb against epilepsy, ulcers, and poisons. Okay, sir. Um, the plant's romantic overtones more um, more than likely started with the Celtic Druids of the 1st century AD. I find it funny that we're Irish and we don't know this. Yeah. Okay. 
So basically, because mistletoe could blossom even during the frozen winter, the druids came to view it as a sacred symbol of vivacity, and they administered it to humans and animals alike in hope of restoring fertility. Are you in interrupted, my dear? Are you Sorry, no, <laughs> keep going. No Another famous chapter in mistletoe folklore comes from Norse mythology. As the story goes, when the god Odin's son, uh, Balder, was prophesied to die, his mother, Frigg, the goddess of love, so when I say friggin, am I saying loving? Because the goddess I think Frigg, you are. That's funny. Um, went to all the animals and plants of the natural world to secure an oath that they would not harm him. But Frigg neglected to consult with unassuming mistletoe. So the scheming god Loki made an arrow from the plant and saw that it was used to kill the otherwise invincible Baldur. According to one sunnier version of the myth, the gods were able to resurrect Baldur from the dead. Delighted Frigg then declared mistletoe a symbol of love and vowed to plant a kiss on the, all of those who passed beneath it. Hmm. Well, mistletoe's associations with fertility and vitality continued through the Middle Ages because the Middle Ages were a wacky time. And, they really were. <laughs> and by the 18th century, it had been widely incorporated into Christmas decorations. And just how it made the jump from sacred herb to holiday decoration remains up for the debate. But the kissing, kissing tradition appears to have first caught on among servants in England before spreading to the middle class. As part of the early custom, men were allowed to steal a kiss from any woman caught standing under the mistletoe, and refusing any reviewed as, was viewed as bad luck. And can I just say, that's such a sneaky way to say, oh, let's harass these people, and if they don't kiss Literally. me, they'll be unlucky. If someone tried to kiss me under a mistletoe, you are getting a sock in the face. That's our quote of the day. If you ever kiss me under the mistletoe, out of nowhere, sock in the face. Um, but another tradition instructed the merrymakers to pluck a single berry from the mistletoe with each kiss and to stop smooching once they were all gone. That's so gross. That's so <laughs> gross to me. Mwah. Pluck. Oh, you Mwah. know what also? Ugh. Using that excuse, I bet it was like, 50-year-old man trying to get this from teenage girls. Oh, oh that's so screwed. You're so right. I just feel like it. Eww. Do you want to know that Washing Irving reinvented Christmas? I don't know who Washington Irving is, but I can tell you how. I think he wrote one of my favorite Johnny Depp films that was based on the, his book. I think he wrote um, Sleepy Hollow. Oh, what? Yeah. Hold on, let me just check wait, that. wait. Let's double check this, people. We don't want to give you false information, but we probably have during one of our podcasts. So just, just you know, know that not every flipping, not every friggin' um. Yeah, he did. Oh wow! Washington Irving wrote Sleepy Hollow. I love it's the movie. So good. I highly recommend it. I love the movie. So the movie pretty, and the book. Pretty sure the book is great. So, it wasn't until the 19th century that Americans began to embrace Christmas. Very strange, because I feel like Americans are very into it. 
um, Americans reinvented Christmas, apparently, and changed it um, from a ravenous carnival holiday into a family-centered day of peace and nostalgia. You mean they capitalized it? Yep. Uh, (laughs) But what about the 1800s peaked American interest in the holiday? Well, um, it was a period of class conflict and turmoil during the early 19th century. 19th century. During this time, unemployment was high and gang gang rioting by the disenchanted classes often occurred during the Christmas season. Can we just say 2020, anyone? Like, this is giving me very familiar deja vu vibes. Familiar vibes? In In 1828, the New York City Council instituted the city's first police force in response to a Christmas riot. Oh. Oh. This catalyzed certain members of the upper class to begin to change the way Christmas was celebrated in America. Oh, whatever. In 1819, <laughs> I've never heard myself so done in this podcast. In 1819, best-selling author Washington Irving wrote the sketchbook of Jeff- Jeffrey uh, Crayon uh, Gent. Uh, a series of stories about the celebration of Christmas in an English manor house. The sketches feature a squire who invited the peasants into his home for the holiday. In, con- in contrast to problems faced in American society, the two groups mingled effortlessly. In Irving's mind, Christmas should be a peaceful, warm-hearted holiday, bringing groups together across the lines of wealth or social status. Um, his fictitious celebrants enjoy, enjoyed ancient customs, including the crowning of Lord Misrule. Irving's <laughs> book, however, was not based on any holiday celebration he had attended. In fact, many historians say that Irving's account really actually invented tradition by implying that it described the two customs of the season. So that's kind of sweet. Yeah. Can I move on to... Our Taoiseach, or no, our Tanishta Leo Varadkar's least favourite Christmas movie. Oh my god, please. We, our man Leo. Can we just say, he said that he doesn't like this movie because Tiny Tim should have uh, kind of gotten up, gotten up and gotten a job. And I'm like, <sighs> that is the most Grinch conversation that I've ever heard of my ever. life. Ever. So, A Christmas Carol. Around this time, English author Charles Dickens created the classic holiday tale, Christmas Carol. The story's message was the importance of charity, as we know, and goodwill towards all humankind. And it struck a powerful chord in the United States and England and showed members of Victorian society the benefits of celebrating the holiday. The family was also becoming less disciplined and more sensitive to emotional needs of children during the early 1800s. Christmas provided families with a day where they could lavish attention and gifts on their children without appearing to spoil them. Yeah. Wow. Because as, Ameri- as we all know, children in Victorian times did not have it easy. I mean, most of them were uh, ch- chimney sweeps by the time they were five. It's so strange to think about, honestly. As as Americans began to embrace Christmas as a perfect family holiday, old customs were unearthed. People looked towards recent immigrants and Catholic and 
Scolo wait, Episcopalian churches to see how the day should be celebrated. In the next hundred years, Americans built a Christmas tradition all on their own that included pieces of many other customs, including decorating trees, sending holiday cards, and gift giving. So did Americans basically do what the English language did with other languages, where they just stole a bunch of grammar pieces, hid it in a trench coat, and said, yay, we have a new language. They did that, but with Christmas. Literally. Fun. Hi. So, I don't want to give any more information about Santa Claus. I'm not going to say anything else, because I don't know who listens to the pod, but I'm just going to... I'm just gonna move on. So, Hosan, you don't celebrate Christmas. No. Oh, so you tell me, what does your December twenty fifth look like? Well, I would say my parents definitely love the idea of Christmas. My dad, especially, <laughs> he's always dreamed of having a big tree in the house, decorating it, um, putting up what do you call it putting like presents on the tree everyone ugh, all that stuff he's a fan of it we've never done it he'd love to do it one day it's so funny because uh, if you met hosan's dad you would see that he's very like scary looking because he seems very like serious so just to imagine yeah. him talking to his wife and children and saying oh but one day we could just pick up a christmas tree and just give each other presents please that's what I find so funny is people really like even my cousins back home they look at my dad and they say I have just peed my pants because he glared at me Mm -hmm. and I'm like you do know this man every morning tries to make awkward conversation with me about stuff I've told him the day before like I'll get up and I'll go and make my coffee and my dad's like there's my daughter Hosan after like 10 seconds of thinking and then I'm like morning dad and then he'll ask me about school and I'm like yeah still in school it's like still I'm saying a relative oh, why are all dads like that my dad will constantly ask me every single year he'll, he'll be like Sandra do you like codfish and I'm like yes dad I love codfish thank you and I'm like why do moms retain all the information and dad's yeah. just like it's almost like spongebob meme where he's deleting his own name from his memory and he doesn't even realize it like it just seems like dads <laughs> see the fact folder that they have in their brains and they go yeah. <laughs> no more don't need this don't need this and then they walk in the next day and they're like so you're still in school is it six class no dad i have a job (laughs) (laughs) oh my god but yeah i would say my dad loves the idea of christmas whereas my mom loves the sale part because when she sees christmas she sees bargains i'm your mom i see january (laughs) and i'm like sales (laughs) my mom every year tells us like after october she's like don't buy anything don't buy anything and we're like why she's like christmas sales okay can I get them from much less? I'm like, Jesus. You're like, okay, lady. Chill. <laughs> Can I just like, say... Even it? now, when I was buying this book, she was like, how is she getting for it? And I told her the amount. And she was like, I think you should wait after. You could get it for a better price. And I was like, it doesn't matter if it's dropped by 10 cents, mom. I don't care. I want it. 
<laughs> what was I gonna say? Like I I was gonna say that we're anti-capitalist at this um podcast. But I cannot tell you how I walked into Penny's and I saw the pajamas and I was so tempted. And I just I was so tempted and then I was like, maybe I could just I could just get one. And then I was like, I looked at the sports bras and I was like, maybe I need one. And I was like, get out, get out before you spend your money. Get out. It's, it's such a mess. I mean, if Kylie Jenner can shut down a whole Balenciaga store to have a private shopping spree, I don't think it really matters if you spend some on a nice sports bra. True. Next time. It was a pack of three for 12 euro and I was like... Yeah, but I only really want the blue one. Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? I just wanted one, and they were offering me three. I was like, oh, I hate it, though. That's why I don't like the bulk packs, because you know when you go to see something, you're like, I only want that thing. Now uh-huh. I have to buy the rest of them. My brother keeps saying that he bought me pajamas, but he does this thing every year where he'll tell me he bought me something, and it's not the actual present. Like, for about three years, he's kept saying to me that he bought me a book, because he knows I like books, but it's never a book. And I don't know what it is, but it's definitely not a Nintendo Switch, even though I was hoping for it. And I just, I'm coming across as very entitled. I just mean, like, lads, every year I try to guess what my brother's getting me, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what he's getting me. Ah, it kills me. Have you seen the recent trend on TikTok where people are wrapping Christmas, Christmas presents as something they're completely not? No. Oh my god, I have to send them to you. Like, I saw this brilliant one yesterday where someone... Wrapped a, an iPhone box, but really it's, like, something else, is it? Yeah, like, they got... They were giving someone uh, some wine and some chocolate bars, right? Yeah. And do you know what they wrapped it as? What? A scooter. I can't believe really, that. it was just wine and chocolate bars. Oh, they're such... That's so sneaky. Oh my god, why are they so sneaky? <laughs> Why? I think it's a really cool idea. Waste of wrapping paper, but it's pretty funny. I'm going to be slightly... T- oh, no, I'm just going to hold you up because I'm charging the phone right now and I I don't think I can tripod it in any way. So that's kind of sucks. Kind of, oh, this is going to be an so interesting So have you got one. any more stuff to talk about the history or should we move on to a topic? I think we I should mean- move on because I can't think of anything else for Christmas. Yeah. You know I mean, I'm- Christmas is such a huge topic we could literally be here for hours talking about it yeah but genuinely i'm just not bothered to do more research i'm like this is enough of the christmas spirit um i guess all i would say is like if you're trying to be like me where you try to be more eco-conscious and you try to be um sustainable fashion uh i would look at sustainable brands especially right now i'd look at local brands like i've found a lot of nice jewelry stuff from local like Etsy sellers who happen to be friends and yeah. stuff like that like just look local but also like don't be too guilty about it either like I walked into pennies and I was like I shouldn't buy from here because they don't treat their workers correctly but also I still need bras and underwear you know what I mean yeah. and I can't afford to spend it on the sustainable brand that would probably do better for the environment I just can't yeah because I do know that people people get a bit um upset because they're like well i want to support uh local brands and all that they're also a bit out of my price range and that's also okay like yeah it would be cruel to say that you have to support them it doesn't matter if you're struggling to live after that 
Exactly. Exactly. So, I don't know, if you're buying underwear and pennies this year, think of me and think about how I don't care about it because we still need underwear to survive. That's all I'm yes. saying. So, let's move on to... Let's move on to... Let's move on to... It's not a moment, it's a movement. Yes. What... I hate to say organizations because sometimes it doesn't work in my favor, but what organizations have you brought for me? So today, um, as Sandra knows, um, I'm on a bit of a horrible histories spree. I've been watching a lot of horrible histories. Indeed. And one of my favorite uh, members of their cast is Matthew Bation, and I was going through his Wikipedia page, and he talked about this really great um i'm not sure what it is it's a platform is okay. kind of describes themselves yes yes so basically i'll just read you their um page which with uh they talk about so yeah. they're known as the big give and they are uk's number one match funding pro, uh, platform mm -hmm. they specialize in bringing charities philanthropists and public together to multiply their impact yeah. Um, the Big Give has raised over £156 million for thousands of great causes through the power of match funding. Mm -hmm. So in, in, in case you're confused as to what match funding is, it's basically... Just give me a second. Match, funding, match funds are funds that are set to be paid in proportion to funds available from other sources. And they usually arise in situations of charity or public goods. Uh, public good and they it's cost sharing in kind and matching meaning it's a special type of raising charity mm -hmm. and this year they're running their annual christmas challenge mm -hmm. which is a campaign to raise millions of pounds for causes like um homelessness during christmas because we know that's a huge problem mm -hmm. for families who struggle during Christmas especially mm -hmm. or um, COVID patients and all the work that has to be done through COVID and yeah so their basic goal is just to create a pro uh, platform that promotes the different causes and inspires people to give through their hearts and yeah and that's why I think they're a great organization to also support because while you do have your organizations that specify that specialize in specific topics like homelessness and all that it's also important to look at um charities that do a broad range and really cover all the places that need to be covered so i'm very glad you brought that that's very sweet i think uh, since it's the christmas spirit and we do have a huge homelessness crisis going on over here and I'm pretty sure in most countries around the world. So I think it was really nice that you brought that. Um, I actually was just reminded of how Christmas FM and all those radio stations do a lot of fundraising. So I'd like to shout them out. But in particular, I'd like to uh, shout out Where to Care, which is uh, held by um, the Irish Cancer Society, I think. Um, so basically it happens every Christmas um, on uh, the 18th of December, uh, Ireland's top radio stations came together and asked to show, um, asked people to show how they care with what they wear to raise vital funds for 
calms our patients and their families. So basically what you would do is you would wear like a Christmas jumper. You take a photo and if you posted it anywhere, you do hashtag where to care um, and also just donate for a euro um, to help families that are being affected by cancer. And I thought that was really sweet. I didn't have that kind yeah. of money to raise or whatever at the time. And I was actually working at the time before that. So I wasn't even thinking about getting a Christmas jumper and fundraising. But I think that's really sweet. And I think it's a really nice idea. And Christmas related. Yeah. So very sweet. Very cool. That is a very great idea. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, if you're going to take a selfie, you might as well take a selfie and donate charity. Honestly, right? Right? That's what I'm thinking. Now, it's time for Mimimix Tape of the Week. So, what have you got for me? Come on, come on. You gotta got some juicy stuff. Come on. Bring <laughs> me the juicy pizza pasta. This week, uh, I haven't actually got that much. I suppose I've been listening to a lot of, um, a lot of my old taste when I was really obsessed with Supernatural, I would listen to nothing but classic rock. Like, I'm talking ACDC, Black Sabbath, and oh, all you, that. Are you telling me you wouldn't listen to Carry On My Wayward Son? Yeah, that's just what I've been listening to a lot these days. Like, uh, um, I don't know why, but be, uh, while everyone else is like, Dex, the halls with bows. La 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 la. Don't you know our gay apparel? <laughs> oh god, no. But what is it? Um. Oh, Ozan left abruptly. Um. But I'll share a bit of my mixtape of the week. Obviously, I've been um extremely into the Christmas classics. So I love a bit of Wham Last Christmas. That's really been in my head. Santa Baby also. Um, but more just if it pops on the radio. Like, I haven't been searching for it. But I've been loving Miley Cyrus's new album, Plastic Hearts. In particular, her song with Dua Lipa. I might have said it last week. But Prisoner, it's a great song. I've been watching a lot of artists' um, AMA's performance and EMA's. Um, so I really still like Billie Eilish's Think Therefore I Am. I've been listening to... Um, who is uh, We Bought a House by Claudia Schlewinski and Phineas. Um, I've been liking it so far. Very different from like mine and Hosan's podcasts and very different from the usual podcasts I listen to because I tend to listen to like medical history ones or mental health ones. So they're very serious. Whereas these are more like lifestyle ones. So that's what I've been doing. Um, I'm trying to think what else, what else have I been listening to? Also, in mixtape of the week, I kind of give you like a general, like any media stuff, like it might be movies or whatever. So I've been liking Mandalorian. I watched Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, that was released this year. That's not bad. Like I don't like Jim McCary, but I still like the whole Sonic vibe. So I like that. Um, I still like Halsey's musical, so Be Kind has been listened to quite a lot in this week. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of any more. I'm really hoping Hosan joins the pod again. I think it's just because she, her Wi-Fi might have cut out. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm just waiting for her to join back. 
was on, please. <laughs> it would be funny if by accident I had invited Hosier to join my life. <laughs> oh gosh, goodness, goodness me. Okay, now Hosan is back. Hosan is back. Welcome back to the pod hosan <laughs> sorry about that yeah um we just recently got our wi-fi put in again so it's on the other side of the house so it's not great oh god um so i basically just gave people an overview of what i've been listening to i've listened to prisoner uh by miley cyrus and dua lipa so much <laughs> been listening to a lot of miley cyrus's new album uh, I've been listening to AMA performances, so American Music Award performances, and EMA, so like Billie Eilish, um, Sam Smith, but also I wanted to give them like a podcast to listen to, and the podcast I've been listening to this week has been We Bought a House by Claudia Slowinski and Phineas, and basically I said how it was very different from our podcast and what I usually listen to, because I usually yeah. listen to like medical history stuff, you know me, I listen to like mental health stuff so this is more of a lifestyle yeah. thing where they just kind of talk about their week and I'm like hmm, this is different this is different you know yeah so um Hosan, I don't know tell me about what movies oh I told them as well that um Sonic the Hedgehog I watched it the one that was released this year and I liked it that's Jim Carrey would you it. say it's good enough to watch I would say it's good enough to watch but I just don't like Jim Carrey so I just had to deal with that uh, the only reason I don't like Jim Carrey is that he's an anti-vaxxer. That's not the only reason. Yeah. If you look up Jim Carrey's involvement in, like, an ex-girlfriend's suicide, I'm like, mm. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, That's why I'm yeah. like, I can't believe he's an anti-vaxxer. I'm like, man, grow up. Yeah, like, this dude was my childhood hero. Yeah. Back to Robin Williams, I guess. <laughs> Aggressively eats chocolate. <laughs> honestly, honestly. I'm getting fast this season. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, I guess that brings us to... Oh, wait, wait. What Christmas movies do you watch? And would you recommend, I guess? Um, I'm not the best person to ask. For the because... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me any good Netflix like seasons or stuff. Ooh, okay, okay. The Witcher. The Witcher. I'm telling you right we now. can we can what? both tell you. Hundred percent The Witcher, please. Just just a few episodes in, you'll be like, Why do people like this? And then you get to like fourth or fifth and you're like, Oh, it's all not ties to in. Not to mention, Aisha. Henry Cavill. <laughs> Just watch it. Just watch it. You'll understand. You'll understand. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Netflix show. Netflix show. That Mandalorian is Disney Plus. Oh, not, yeah. not Not Netflix. It's Disney Plus, but you should watch it. Um, work. Um, is Grey's Anatomy on Disney on Netflix? Um, I don't know. Um, don't watch Grey's Anatomy. Blasphemy. Um, <laughs> the Good Doctor is a good show, but I don't know if it's on Netflix. I'm trying to look up Netflix stuff because I'm trying to tell you good information and I can't remember it. Netflix series. Series. Um, Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Lime Manor. Yes, absolutely great. I'm Umbrella watching Academy. Hill House now. Umbrella Academy is also brilliant. 
Umbrella Academy is pretty good, pretty good. Um, I've heard sex education is good, but I don't know. I can't, I can't verify for you. Atypical is supposed to be good, and it has like yeah, autism. Yeah, I'll DM the recommend to you later. Yeah, because I know she's gonna be like, "What the f are these people talking about?" Oh, what is it? The Good Place. Oh my god, the Good Place. Yeah, good. I'll make a list and send it to her after this. Yes, definitely, she will. Um, I'm trying to just yeah, look. Going back to Christmas movies. I yeah. don't actually watch a lot of Christmas movies because, you know me, I like movies where at least four different people die and there's a mystery of some sort. I like how the you do that, whereas I, I watch horrible Hallmark movies. Oh, no. I'm sorry. They have an appeal. I, I didn't even realize the other day I was watching one. I was watching TV and I was just looking for something to watch because my phone was dead, my laptop was dead. And I was like, I need something to watch them some more. They just have they an appeal. They have an appeal they to They're so funny because you'll have the girl who's like, you know, this is. I can't hear you. <laughs> oh no. I know what Hassan's gonna say though. She's gonna say, you have the girl that's like, this Christmas is difficult because my family business is 750 years old, yet this guy from out of town from the big city is trying to steal it from under our shoes. But not not this year, big man. You're not going to steal my family business. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly like that. Yeah. No, I like the, I'm trying to save the family business and the other guy is competing with me. And what happens? We fall in love. Or you'll have, you know, I hate Christmas because I'm just a busy businesswoman and I just don't have time for a family. I'll never fall in love. I'm this country bumpkin who's gonna. <laughs> I'm this country boy who loves his family. But last year, my girlfriend left and I'm still trying to take care of my sister's uh, daughter because my sister passed away tragically, but we don't talk about it that much because you're focused on the romance. And who is this businesswoman? She's stuck up. She doesn't know anything about the dairy farm. Everyone here is in the smoke. Dear Lord, they, I'm sorry, whoever's listening to this is like, did these people snort a little something before starting? <laughs> We're fully sober. We're fully sober. Um, But yeah, I don't know. They have a bit of an appeal. I don't know. I think I watched The Christmas Prince, the first one. And I don't need to talk about it. It's okay. I'm just going to take out something that's quintessentially Christmas, which is Yankee Candle. Oh, look how small it is. I got them gifted. They're very tiny ones. This one's called Winter Sledding. I might light this one later. And then the other one's called Snowfall. But I gave my brother one that's called, um, what is it, Cinnamon Sugar, because he liked it. This is Snowfall. So I'm going to light one later, you know, to celebrate. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know, lads. What have you learned from this episode? I'm going to just say, not everyone has a nice Christmas. It's hard yeah. with people that you live with and stuff sometimes, but... You can still make the most of it. You can still find a way yeah. to enjoy yourself. So if you learn anything from this, maybe it's that. Can I tell you as well, everyone, thank you to all our listeners from around the world. People in Switzerland, Argentina, uh, Germany, um, United Kingdom, Ireland, Singapore. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and I'm hoping for many more to come. 
Yeah. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas holiday. And, and a happy a great new year. 2021. Great 2021. Uh, my mom said to say to everyone, because uh, I was telling her we were doing a podcast, um, that this year was hard. And let's hope that for everyone. And I hope that next year will be so much better for everyone. All things considered. And yes. hopefully everything just gets better. And especially for students who are extremely under pressure this year. I really feel for you. So, that's been our Christmas special. Um, yes, we hope you've enjoyed. But let's just say, uh, I'll have what she's having. So, Hosan, what are you having? Just before we go, what are you having? I am having a very Christmassy dinner of a single orange. Because I don't feel like eating anything. Oh my god. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. Oh my god. Um, I think I'm gonna have some sausages and a bit of toast, a bit of uh, scrambled eggs, you know, some good stuff, some good bone stuff. And um, yes. we'll see you after the New Year's because we're taking a little bit of a break. I think we've worked hard enough. We deserve it. We deserve <laughs> We deserve it. Um, so, um, I guess I should just say it's a uh, wrap. <laughs> um, I've been Sandra. Welcome to my mixtape. I'm tired. And I've been Hosan Genderbend Shane Madage. And this has been Capitalism. Capitalism. Thanks. Thanks. I, I hate it. it. Episode 31. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye. I will.